Hi everybody, this is Pete Lutz, welcoming you to the Narada Audio Drive-In. Especially for Season 4 of Pulpery Theater, we're giving you a triple bill of exciting entertainment, just like your dad and mom used to get in the old days. What's in store for you, listener? Well, we'll start off with a short comedy sketch designed to tickle your innards, Follow that with an exciting chapter from our Western serial, Jake Dimes, Range Detective, and then wind up our show with our feature presentation, a full-length episode of the award-winning Pulpery Theater. We're sure you won't want to miss a single moment of the program, so get ready. We'll start things up after this important message from the management. Get more out of life. Come often and bring your family to our drive-in theater. To add to your enjoyment, we're all wound up to bowl you over at intermission time with live wire service at our snack bar, where you'll find a tempting variety of favorite foods and beverages. Now it's showtime, folks, and you can be sure it's the best show in town. Your continued patronage is very, very welcome. If you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thanks. Insomnia Theater. And now, Ice, America's favorite frozen water, brings you the soundtrack to the 1979 animated feature Heroes Haven, based on the Japanese anime TV series of the same name. Starring the voice talents of Dirk Dinkle, Peg Whitebread, Cord Wire, and Terry Shred, and released by Repellent Animation Studios. at Heroes Haven in Cumulus City, where the Confederation of Winged Aeronautic Robotic Dynamic Superheroes, C-O-W-A-R-D-S, is meeting to discuss the latest threat to global harmony. Okay, cowards, listen up to roll call. Sound off when you hear your name. The Cat Purrer. That's me. The Glitterer. Over here by the window. Beatnik Boy. Yeah, did you. The Human Sparkler. I, the human sparkler reporting for juicy sir. Racer IX. That's Racer X. Sorry, Megazorb 9. Megazorb 9 online and functioning at peak capacity. Crimson Red. Gorgeous and narcissistic as always, General Authority. The Silver Fork. Duh, I am here. Jazzy Hands. Rah, rah, rah. Go cowards! The Posse Boys! Uh, yeah! Out there. Mouse Girl! Down here! Platinum Starbird! <laughs> yep, that's me! And I, as you know, am General Authority! I won't mince words, ladies and gentlemen! The world is in trouble! And it's up to us to save it! Again! Who is it this time, General Authority? Is it Wet Boy and his evil father, Whisker Man? I'll never forget the way they threatened to drown the entire population of Cumulus City if they didn't receive $10 million 
in a tidal wave of high fructose corn syrup. I remember that time all too well, Mouse Girl, but it's not those heinous villains. Wet Boy and Whisker Man are safely behind bars in Nimbus Penitentiary. Yes, Mouse Girl, those two were perfectly awful. General Authority, who's messing about in our litter box? Tell us right meow. Yes, of course, Cat Purr. I'll- Oh yeah, Daddy-o! Slip us the info, you know? I just got new skins on my Sonic Bongos, and I mentioned to try them out on a baddie. You get my drift? Beatnik boy, I'm, I'm just coming to that. I... Is it Potter McComb? Ooh! He's so evil! But those biceps! And that hair! Ah! No, Crimson Red, it's, it's not part- Could you all just- I'm trying to- Whoever it is, General, the Posse Boys will be on their trail. Quiet! All of you, will you just be quiet? Thank you. Now then, we have received intelligence that an attack on several world capitals will take place in 48 hours. And those attacks will be spearheaded by none other than the Weezer. Oh, the Weezer? Yes, and his evil henchman, the Nebulizer. The Weezer! I hate to contemplate going up against his sonic puffer again. He nearly extinguished me for good last time. You are correct, human sparkler. If it had not been for supercuts, may he rest in peace. Megazorb 9, how could you? I asked all of you never to mention supercuts' name again. <laughs> I am sorry, Platinum Starbird. I tried to tell him to turn his cape around to the back when he flew. You know he always wore the cape in front to protect himself from falling hair. Uh, all of us were responsible for reminding him. And where were the rest of us when Supercuts went up against Wrong Do? Silverfork, Racer X, please! Have some consideration for a broken heart! Platinum Starbird. I apologize on behalf of these callous characters. General, didn't you have some important news to tell us? Tell us! Tell us! Tell us! Yes, Jazzy Hands. And if you'll all just shut the heck up, I'll tell you the rest. Just a reminder, you're listening to the soundtrack of Repellent Animation's film Heroes Haven from 1979. And here's the final thrilling moment of that fiasco. Coward, sing out! The battle's over and we won! Is everybody here? Are we all whole? How about you, Glittera? I'm here, General, but I'm not all whole. Battling the Weezer and the Nebulizer used up almost all my sparklies. Damn them and their sonic puffer. But we're all alive, and that's the important thing. Right, Beatnik boy? Right on, Pops. I dig that group. Uh, yes. Well, it's just another average day for the Cowards of Heroes Haven. Huzzah! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
You have been listening to the soundtrack of Repellent Animation's feature film, Heroes Haven from 1979, brought to you by ICE, America's favorite frozen water. This special segment featured, in order of appearance, the voice talents of Pete Lutz, Fred Greenhog, Rich Wentworth, Fiona Thrale, Melody Gaines, Bill Holweg, Craig Robotham, Jack Ward, Lothar Tuppen, Jordan J. Scavone, Victor Aurelius, Eileen Corpos, Paul Patterson, Glenn Higby, George Hatfield, Alex Moore, and Tanya Malayevic. It was written and produced by Pete Lutz. for a quick refresher before showtime. No crowds to buck, just go get it. You'll be sorry you missed your chance to enjoy some of the many tempting goodies waiting for you. Stretch your legs now while the stretching's good. There's still time to get a mouth-watering hot dog, a sparkling ice-cold soda, assorted flavors of ice cream, all kinds of candy, the most delicious steaming hot coffee you ever drank, and freshly popped popcorn piping hot. Make a beeline for the snack bar right now to quench your thirst. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Sixty-three Audio presents Jake Dimes, Range Detective, a tale of the Old West by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Chapter One, Meet Jake Dimes. Good evening. Tonight we embark on an all-new Western serial, which we call Jake Dimes, Range Detective. Back in the heyday of Pulp Fiction, one of the most popular genres was the Western story. Walk up to any newsstand of the day and you might see such titles as Mammoth Western, Dime Western, Ten Story Western, Thrilling Western, Wild West Weekly. Well, you get the idea. Our producer-director, Pete Lutz, wanted to write an homage to these wonderful stories, so he came up with this thrilling tale of cowboys and range riders. And tonight, with Chapter One, we're introducing our title character, a traveling range detective called Jake Dimes. Our story will continue over several chapters, just like they used to do in the movies. It's now time to introduce our hero, Jake Dimes. 
As a range detective, he makes his living by working undercover, sometimes masquerading as a gambler or a storekeeper, or sometimes, as in tonight's story, as a cowboy. Jake is an operative for the Pinkelson Detective Agency, headquartered in Celestial City. Mr. Pinkelson has sent Jake and his pal Briar Buck out to Prickly Pear, Arizona to see about some criminal activity taking place out there. We meet up with Jake and Buck as they make their way to the D-Bar D Ranch, a few miles outside the Prickly Pear town limits. Consuela, don't you cry. Oh, Consuela, Consuela, wait for me. Someday I'll come back to Texas in the town of Corpus Christi. Say, Jake, how much further we got to go? I'm about wasted away to nothing with hunger. And poor old Stooge can't hardly walk another step. We're almost there, Buck. Another mile or so, I reckon. Can you and your old pack horse hang on that long? Oh, I reckon. I sure hope they feed us right away, though, Jake. Seems like days since I last ate a bite. I can barely hear you over the noise my belly's a making. Well, I feel mighty bad for you, hombre. I know we left Prickly Pear this morning, and you ain't had nothing but jerky and apples and a loaf of rye bread to munch on this whole way. But we'll probably get there along about supper time. That's music to my ears, Jake, old pal. Oh, Consuela, Consuela, wait Buck! Excuse me, amigo, but that croaking ain't exactly music to my ears. We got some talking to do before we reach the D-Bar D Ranch. Alrighty. What's Mr. Pinkelson want us to do this time? Hold up a my Buck. Whoa, Crescent. Whoa, girl. Whoa there, Stooge. Jake, are you and Marigold in trouble with Mr. Pinkelson again? What? Buck, what what are you talking about? Now, don't get all head up, Jake. Seems to me is all that whenever Mr. Pinkelson notices you and his daughter getting close, he sends you off on another job and as far away as he can. Now that ain't nothing but hogwash, Briar Buck. Marigold and me have known each other since we was kids, and we have as a kind of understanding between us. Mr. Pinkelson, well, he knows I'm good at this sort of thing, that's all. You see? Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's your story, it's fine with me. Anyways, what's the job this time? Well, we're on our way to the D-Bar D to see the owner, Mr. Slim Sutcliffe about a mess of robberies as have been occurring between the town of Prickly Pear and the ranch. Robberies? What's getting robbed? My payroll. Whoa there, partner. Don't shoot. Who the hell are you? And what do you mean by sneaking up on us? Easy, Buck. This is our new client, I think. Mr. Sutcliffe? That's right. You're Jake Dimes? That's right. My trigger-happy friend here is Briar Buck. You're right on time, Mr. Sutcliffe. Well, 
I'm glad I was able to mark the spot as you directed. What's this? Why, I'll be a lop-eared mule if and I can cotton what you're on about, Jake. Nothing special, Buck. Me and Mr. Sutcliffe have exchanged a few telegrams between Celestial City and Prickly Pear, and worked out that we should meet up outside the ranch at a spot he thought it'd be private. See this here stick in the ground with three red stripes painted at the top? Yeah, just barely. Was there more of these on the trail? I didn't see a blamed one of them. You had to be looking for them. The others was painted with three black stripes. Once I spotted this one here with the red was when I reined us in. And you didn't think to tell an hombre about it? Sorry, Buck. Client's orders. Well, I don't like it one bit. Dimes, let's get down to business. Oh, sure. What's the story? I pay my ranch hands once a month just like any other rancher. For the last three months, the three-man team carrying the payroll has been ambushed on their way from Prickly Pear to the ranch. After the first attack, I changed payday from the fourth Friday to the third, uh, then back to the fourth, but somehow them sidewinders knew about it and were there each time. Were your men hurt or killed in the robberies? They'd get bunged up some and hogtied, but nobody's been killed. Did your men get a good look at the bushwhackers? Nope. They wore bandanas across the lower half of their faces. What can you do about it, Dimes? Well, I don't rightly know, Mr. Sutcliffe. I like to go slow, feel my way around and such. Blend into the surroundings, you sabe? When's the next payroll? In two weeks. What's your first move, then? Did your riders see which way the robbers rode off after tying them up? One of them did. He said they rode off to the south. Huh. Any other ranches in that direction? They're rolling in. That's Fred Greenslate's place. All righty. You got room for a cook at your spread, Sutcliffe? You cook, Dimes? Oh, not me. My partner here, Briar Buck. He's a dang fine hash-slinger. Yes, sir. That's so. My thinking was for him and me to split our efforts. Buck can sign on as cook to your camp, and I can see about signing on at the rolling end as a puncher. That way, he can keep his ear to the ground over your way, and I can do the same over there. You think the robbers are Green Slate's men? No idea. But it seems as good a place as any to start. Well, our present cook is really just one of the hands, and everybody complains about it, Scrub. So if you're as good as Dime says you are, then come on ahead. At least the men will get some decent food for a few days. Uh, I'll head back now. You want to ride along? Buck will follow in a few minutes, sir. Him and me has got a few details to work out. Oh, uh, that reminds me. If you're at the rolling in, how will you report your progress? Oh, I won't. What? Can't risk it. You'll know we're done when the robbers are brought to ground. Meantime, this'll be the last time you see me. For a while. Oh, well, well all right. It'll be concerned and knowing to be kept in the dark, but Mr. Pinkelson did say you were his best man, so, uh... Well, that's mighty nice of him to say so. Well, so long, Mr. Sutcliffe. Buck will be along presently. So long, then. Miss Upper's in a couple hours, Buck. And you can start your new job with that, if you get there in time. Yes, sir. I'll see you in a little while. Alrighty. He's gone. What did you want to tell me, Jake? 
I just wanted to go over our usual plan, how to contact me in an emergency and such. I know what to do. We've done this a hundred times already. Buck, don't take on like that. Mr. Pinkleson always says, the difference between a good operation and a bad one is the, the amount... of planning and as goes into it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So what do we do if we need to contact each other in an emergency? One of us rides into town and tells the sheriff who's in on the deal, and then the sheriff goes and finds the other and, and arrests him for some such reason or other and brings him to town. We two will meet up at the sheriff's office in Confab, and then the sheriff will say it was all a big mistake and release the one what was arrested. Right? Right. Otherwise, we fall back on the non-emergency plan, which is... <sighs> which is to leave a note at the sheriff's office any time I or you happen to be in town. And then the sheriff will get the note to the other next time he sees him. Or, or me. Or, well, you know. Okay, that's it. Well, amigo, it looks like you're gonna get a good supper after all. Sure do. Ain't no better supper than what I can make myself, I do declare. But afore I go, what's your thinking on this here situation, Jake? Buck, I don't mind telling you. I'm of two minds on the subject. Yeah? Yeah. Part of me thinks I might find them coyotes on the rolling in. But another part has a hunch that it's an inside job. Time will tell, though. Yeah, I reckon. Well, so long, hombre. So long, Buck. Don't get into any scrapes. Scrapes? Me? Jake, didn't you know us fat men is jolly and friendly like? <laughs> anyway... I can say the same for you. Stay out of trouble here. I'll do my best. See you around. So you say your name is Dawson and you're looking for work? Jake Dawson, yes sir. Just come up from San Antonio. Worked a year on the Martin Ranch. Punching, breaking, even some smithy work. I'd take just about anything you got, seeing as my belt buckle's about ready to say howdy to my backbone. My name's Greenslade. I own the Rolling N. Jack of all trades, eh? Well, I can always use a man that's handy. Yes sir. Thank you kindly, sir. See Hickam, the range boss, over at the bunkhouse. He'll get you a place to flop and something to eat. Tomorrow morning, we'll see what you can do. Yes, sir. I'll go right now. And thanks again, Mr. Greenslate. Hello. Who's there? <laughs> Easy there, cowboy. I'm unarmed. Oh, you're a girl. Observant, too, aren't you? Not so much. Didn't see you at first, standing in between them shacks the way you was. I guess you didn't. Sorry about that, and thanks awfully for not shooting me. Oh, I wouldn't have shot you. Might have whomped you with the barrel. What? But I wouldn't have shot you. <laughs> okay, I guess I deserve that. I'm Chris Greenslate. Happy to know you, Miss Greenslate. 
I'm Jake Dawson. Your daddy just hired me on. Really? To do what? Him and me ain't quite decided. Yet. Ah, mystery man, eh? The way you pulled your six-shooter so fast, I thought maybe... Maybe what? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. You don't seem the type. Type? It's your eyes, chiefly. There's no hardness in them. No cruelty. No, Mr. Dawson, I'd bet my life that you're a good man. Well, you sure do have an interesting way of talking, Miss Greenslate. Do you always take the sum of a man as quick as you did me? Call me Chris, won't you? No, not always. Sometimes a man can hide his cruelty behind a smile. But I think I'm right about you. Oh, and what a beautiful horse. He has such an interesting mark on his forehead. She's a mare, Miss... Uh... Chris? That mark is why I call her Crescent. A mare, eh? Hmm, deeper and deeper. Christine? Christine? That's my father. I'd better go. It was nice meeting you, Mr. Dawson. I hope you're with us quite a while. Likewise, miss. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. Next to Marigold Pinkelson, that was the prettiest little old yellow-haired gal I ever done seen. Well, back to business. There's a hot meal and a bunk in my immediate future. Say, Cookie, that was some dang good grub you rustled up. You got that right, partner. <laughs> Them was the best dang beans I ate in a month of Sundays. Well, I'm glad you liked the food, boys. There'll be more where that came from tomorrow morning. Mm-mm. Can't wait. Mm, yeah. Got any of those beans left for me? How, uh, howdy, ma'am. Yes, and we, uh, we sure do. Here you go, uh, ma'am. Mmm, say, those cowpunchers weren't lying, were they? Mighty good beans indeed. Where'd you learn to cook, young man? Oh, uh, on the trail some, and a little from my ma. She taught me how to make biscuits. We'd have had some tonight, there'd have been time. I ain't been here that long. I know, my son told me. Your son? Certainly, my son. He owns this ranch, Slim Sutcliffe. My name's Molly. Well, I'm right glad to know you, Mrs. Sutcliffe. I was glad your son was able to take me on today. Did your mother teach you that too, taking your hat off for a lady? She rightly did, ma'am. I would have took it off sooner, but I was a little surprised there. Uh, plus, my hands was full with the plate and spoon. Well, that's all right. Your mother must be proud she raised a gentleman. Where's she hail from? My ma passed, ma'am, a few years ago. But when she was alive, she lived in Corpus Christi. So you're a Texas boy, eh? Well, I'm sorry about your mother, but she raised you right all the same. And I'll bet if you had a bath on a regular basis, you'd be right handsome, too. Um... Yep, I always did like a man with meat on his bones. 
Well, thanks for the beans, and don't be surprised if I come around tomorrow morning for one of those biscuits. So long, Cookie. Well, I'll be Say, it looks as if both of our heroes have had run-ins with purebred Arizona fillies, doesn't it? Must be something in that desert air. Well, that's all for our premiere episode of Jake Dimes' Range Detective, which was written, directed, and produced by Pete Lutz. Episode 1, Meet Jake Dimes, starred Dana Gonzalez as Jake Dimes, Austin Beach as Briar Buck, Kristen Mercurio as Chris Greenslate, Nancy Bueller as Molly Sutcliffe, Glenn Haskell as Slim Sutcliffe, and Joe Stofko as Fred Greenslate, with additional voices by Dane Russell Leonardson and Owen McEwen. Your announcer was Darren Rockhold. Tune in again next time when you'll hear Jake say... Boy, if and you ain't the biggest dad blame fool in the Arizona Territory. If and you had any brains, Jake, da- what? Who's there? This has been a 63 Audio production. The opening announcement was by Glenn Higby, a.k.a. Cannonball Kelly. The Jake Dimes theme was composed by Pete Lutz, arranged by Ross Bernhardt, and performed by the Narada Western Swing Quartet. Harmonica Stings, composed and performed by Pete Lutz. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you. is now, the time is here, now's the time for a bite of cheer, a tasty light where the price is right, well look at here, you'll dig this sight, the moment's handy for a piece of candy, just name your brand, they're also grand, hey, what do you think of a nice cool drink, or a big box filled with a popcorn thrill, let your taste buds meet with an ice cream treat, refresh yourselves, it's time to eat, so come on folks, let's join the band, as we all head for the refreshments band. Our feature presentation. The following audio drama is rated R for adult language and adult situations, violence and descriptions of violent criminal activity. Listener discretion is advised. This is Pulpourri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Inspired by the best pulp in the world, welcome to Pulpourri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Fingers by Pete Lutz.
Tonight's play is called Fingers and was written by Pete Lutz. Before we begin, we must issue this warning, originally uttered by that master of the macabre, Arch Obler. This tale of the supernatural is definitely not for the timid soul, and so, if you are unable to handle the tension and excitement of this imaginative play, we urge you calmly, but sincerely, to turn off this program now. And now, Fingers by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company. much farther till we get to the cabin? A couple miles. Why you gotta ask that every time we come out this way? We've been to this cabin a hundred times. Y yeah, I know. I just get antsy. That bitch we got tied up out there is a really freaking hot bitch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and you already had it twice. Hey, so have you. So have you. I had it once. Second time I stayed out in the big room while you did her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Jesus, she's one hot bitch with that black hair and those part boobies. Jesus Christ! Will you lay off that shit? I know what the bitch looks like, alright? Christ, what's the matter with you? Sick of you getting your goddamn hormones all over the car. Huh? Settle the fuck down, is what I'm saying. Alright, alright. Jesus! Yeah, what's the word from the boss? <sighs> He'll come out tomorrow morning, take a look at her, and then decide how much to ask for. <laughs> it 
The boss, he's a cool fucking customer, yeah? Yeah. This chick, she's got a rich daddy, I guess. You guess? Don't you know who her daddy is? The boss didn't tell me, so I didn't ask him. Now will you shut your fucking trap for the rest of the fucking trip? Won't somebody help me? very well. It's so dark in here. How old are you? I was nine on my last birthday. Are you scared? I'm trying not to be, but, but yes, I'm very, very frightened. Have the men done bad things to you? Yes. back soon. I know they are. I'll help you when they come back. When they come back? Can't you just untie me now and we can get away? No. I don't have enough to do that. I only got enough to help you a different way. I hate changing tires. We got a spare? Yeah. Listen, you hoof it up to the cabin. We've been away too long. I'll change the tire. What? Walk the rest of the way? Grab the food and water out of the back and give us some when you get there. I'll follow along when I'm done. Oh, come on. I hate walking. Will you just do it? The boss will be coming along tomorrow, and we need to be sure that the girl is okay, and the cabin is straightened away. All right. Hurry along. It ain't gonna kill you. <laughs> hey. Hello. It's me. <laughs> Did you miss me? There you are. Just where we left you. What's the matter, hun? Cat got your tongue? <laughs> I brought you some food and water. Figure you're gonna need it. Get your strength back so the boss can figure out what to do with you, right? Me. I just as soon bury you out there in the woods with the others. After we get the money from your old man. <laughs> but we got time to think about that, don't we? Anyway, I, are you thirsty? I got some water here. 
Bring your head up and I'll give you some. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Who the hell is that? Don't you recognize me? Hell no! Come out into the light. Didn't you hear me? I said, step into the light, girl. I'm sorry you don't remember me. Your friends will, I'll bet. The fuck are you? Why don't you just come over here and find out? I think you'll remember me once you see me. Ain't the little ones I like. That's the boss. He likes them all sizes and ages. But, but you just get yourself out of them shadows like I said. Come over and get me, you big bad man. <laughs> think I won't? Think I want some little girl to get away with sassing me? You got another thing coming! Hello! The fuck? <gasps> oh, oh my god! You, you're not... That was the toughest tire change I've ever had to do. Now, huh, sun's going down. Hope he's got something for us to eat. Hey, what gives with the lights? Can't you hear me? What are you doing over there? Can't you hear me? How come there ain't no power? We blow a fuse or something? What's the matter with you? I said, what the fuck is the matter? Shit! Jesus Christ, he's dead! Somebody stabbed him in the throat with something. Who, who is that? Wh where are you? <laughs> Holy shit! <sighs> You missed me. What? Missed me, missed me, now you gotta kiss me. Who is that? Are you the girl we had tied to the bed? I was tied to the bed once, but I'm not the one you're thinking of. Where are you? Can't see anybody. I'm over here. Come and find me. <laughs> I swear to God I'll kill you, you fuck with me. Follow my voice. You're getting warmer. It's getting so dark in here. Where are you? Keep talking, you little bitch. When I find you all, you're red hot. Oh shit!
Boys! Hey, boys! I'm here! Who cut the lights? Oh, great. Fucking wet out there. Fucking dark in here. No matches. Shit. There a flashlight any place? Boys, where the fuck are you? The car's outside, but they ain't here. I must be going nuts. Or well, they are. Well, let's hope that bitch is still here. I'll try to find my way. Yes, she's still here. We both are. Who the fuck said that? What did you say? I said, the other girl is still here. And so am I. Where are you? I'm over here. Why did you do it? Huh? Why did you do it? What the fuck are you talking about, little girl? Just a few more hours to wait, and my daddy would have had the money for you. Why didn't you wait? Why did you do it? The fuck are you talking about? I don't... You broke me inside. You hurt me. You did bad things to me. And you broke me inside. What? Shut up. You're crazy. Who the fuck... I cried so hard. I begged you to stop. I begged you, and you lost your temper, and one of your men cut out my tongue. Now I know you're crazy. You and your men buried me out in the woods. I was so cold. Why didn't you wait just a little longer? Wait for my daddy to- Shut up. Shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. I don't know you, and I don't know what you're fucking talking about, you little fuck. Where are my boys? Look over there. They've been sitting on the sofa this whole time. <laughs> I can't see a fucking thing. I can fix that. That's better. Now. Hey, boys. What's the matter with you? Oh, Christ. They're dead. W what happened? They didn't want to play with me. <laughs> What's so fucking funny, you little shit? What's that sticking out of their throats? Huh? Answer me! Where are you? I'm still over here. Don't you want to come and find me? I see you in the shadows, but I still can't see your face. Come here, girl. I was in the ground a long time. I don't think you want to see me. You didn't dig a very deep hole. Animals got to me. Wolves and foxes took away almost all of my fingers. All but three. Jesus Christ! What the fuck are you talking about? I was cold there, in the ground, and I thought I had to stay there. But that girl in the other room, she called out for somebody to help her. She called and called. She sounded so sad and so lonely. I remembered how sad and lonely I was back then. So I came to help her. No, 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 you can't be, I don't, you. I gave your other men my fingers and I have one left to give you. Look at me! Ah! No, 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 no!
Get, get out! Get off! Jesus! Miss, are you all right? Hello? Hello? Are you all right? Oh, oh, no! Please don't hurt me! No, it's all right, miss. I'm a cop. We're here to take you to safety. What? Oh, thank God! Thank God! I didn't think anyone would ever find me. H- how did you find me? Somebody reported two suspicious cars out here, and when we found the cars, we found the cabin. And then we found you. Do you... Ah... Uh, Know what happened to those three men? It was three men who kidnapped me, and... and... did you catch them? Uh, no. Somebody killed them in a pretty strange way. Looks like a bone pierced their windpipes. Did you see anything, miss? No. I've been shut up in this room. Oh, do you think it was the little girl? Little girl? We didn't see no little girl, miss. And anyway, how could a little girl shove something like a bone into their... What is it, Dugan? All right, keep your shirt on. Excuse me, miss. Um, I... I think the paramedics are here. I'll send them in to look after you. Now, Dugan, just what was so important that you interrupted the questioning of a witness? The medical examiner has discovered something. Tell him, Doc. Well, I was looking over the body of the man on the floor here, and when I lifted him up, I found this. Will you look at that, Clancy? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. It's a wee skeleton in a tattered dress. And... All her finger bones are gone. Tonight's play was Fingers, which was written, produced, and directed by Pete Letts. Featured in our cast were Angela Young as the young woman, Emily Carpenter as the girl, Nick Womack as the first man, Christian Ferris as the second man, Jason D. Johnson as the boss, Pete Lutz as the first cop, Derek Lutz as the second cop, and Christy Glick as the medical examiner. Your announcer was Lisa Ayala. And now, here's Pete to tell you about our next episode. 
Next time, we're featuring a brand new thriller written especially for Pulpery Theater by Mark Slade called Black Roses. If you thought this episode was intense, wait till next time. Until then, this is Pete Lutz wishing you all a very happy Halloween. And remember that World Audio Drama Day is October 30th. Thanks for listening, and remember to call me if your situation changes, and keep your ears clean. Our episode theme was fittingly called Come Play With Me by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. The Pulpery Theater theme was composed and performed by Rich Wentworth. Opening announcements by Gene Lutz and Rich Wentworth. Pulpery Theater starring the Narada Radio Company is a 63 audio production recorded and mixed in Corpus Christi, Texas. Folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. The Narada Audio Drive-In, with its three combined features, is under the supervision of Pete Lutz and is produced in Corpus Christi, Texas. This has been a 63 Audio production. Uh, Eagle Screech. No! No, no, no! Uh, 63 Audio production. You don't own every show, man. Sorry, pard. Sixty-three audio.